The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two coming up on the Chris Salcedo Show. Hey, I, um, I'm just getting word, and I maybe this broke earlier today, but I just saw it on uh, my RSS feed. Uh, one of the betraying liars, Senator Dean Heller, is getting a well-deserved primary challenger. <laughs> which, uh, which brings uh, great joy to my heart. Uh, this is one of the liars who campaigned on repealing Obamacare. Um, and uh, didn't. He campaigned, oh, I'm going to go up there and fight for you. And then when push came to shove, <laughs> whoops, didn't want to. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I, for, that's about as good as I can get about it because there were some serious challengers. And, we, you know, we tried to help McCain's challenger, Kelly Ward. And I think she got within four points of the guy, but couldn't quite get over the finish line. Oh, how different this whole debate would have been if John McCain hadn't been there. If he hadn't been there. All right. uh, Coming up this hour, we'll talk to uh, to Dana Lash, our good buddy here at uh, Blaze TV. She's also a a radio star in her own right. And uh, not not that I am, but, uh, you know, I, I am surrounded by radio stars, Doc and Glenn and Dana and Pat and Stu and. What is the expression? Man, I'm just happy to be here. Uh, that's kind of how I feel uh, day in and day out. So uh, she'll be coming up and talking about uh, this left-wing general, a CNN contributor, Hartling or Hurtling, I think was his name, who was triggered by her NRA ad. And uh, <laughs> we uh, we have a lot to talk about, she and I. So let me, but I, I, as promised, remember yesterday we were waiting to hear from Congressman Michael McCall, the chairman of the House uh, Homeland Security Committee, and we couldn't get it in in time before the show ended. He did join me on the Houston show live, and he wanted to comment on the whole nuclear crisis. So we'll start the second hour there, what we couldn't get to yesterday. Congressman Michael McCall, of course, from the 10th District in the great state of Texas, right here in the uh, in the area of Houston, he is the author of the brand new book, Failures of Imagination, The Deadliest Threats to Our Homeland and How to Thwart Them. And, and this qualifies. Congressman, thanks for making the time again today. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Chris. Uh, a pretty interesting update, huh? You know, well, no kidding. Now, look, the last I saw, the last uh, ICBM test, they were having problems with the North Koreans uh, with making that nose cone to where it could withstand we, uh, reentry. So that mm-hmm. seems to be the only obstacle right now. If they can miniaturize, they're just a, a small step away from a functioning uh, intercontinental ballistic missile threat to the United States. Am I wrong? Uh, no, I think you're, you're correct. I, I, I have to be careful uh, not to confirm. You know, some of this reporting is based on a leaked uh, intelligence document warhead which was a, a significant step forward we actually a lot of analysts thought they were about a year away from this mm-hmm. so if these reports are accurate th- this is a very uh, significant um uh, threat uh, 
to the United States now that they have an ICBM that can reach Alaska and Hawaii. And I think it's, it's refreshing to hear a president projecting strength out of the White House, or in this case out of his uh, place in New Jersey. Um, but projecting strength, unlike what we saw in the previous administration, um, I think, you know, this is going to uh, rile up the international community. Um, and quite frankly, I, I kind of like the idea that this president is unpredictable. I think it gives him a foreign policy advantage uh, with these other nations because they're not sure what he's going to do you know, next. Well, and, you know, um, I, I'm glad you said it because for, first off, you just said something that when I just came off the Blaze show. And it's sad in this day and age that we have to preface what we say if these reports are true because of all the leaking going on in the intelligence community. Uh, a, a lot of people are suspect about the IC, about the intelligence community and what their real agenda is, whether it be political or actually safeguarding the United States. So I said that earlier. And I also was uh, and I didn't say this, but you just you just put it out there that the fact that we've got a guy who is uh, more, uh, uh, I don't know, kind of a street brawler and certainly a, a change from the, uh, the, the, the limp-wristed uh, occupier of the Oval Office we had the last eight years, it may give foreign adversaries some pause to mess around with Donald Trump. What do you think? No, I think so. I think this kind of uh, tough talk and rhetoric will actually help Secretary Tillerson in his diplomacy and negotiations with North Korea because... Um, he's basically saying, look, you know, I, I'm, I'm not taking any option off the table, and I'm willing to use uh, military force if necessary. And of course, he does it in a very strong way, and I think you got to take that seriously. And I appreciate your uh, comments on with respect to leaked intelligence documents. We do have to be a little careful, um, you know, in terms of that accuracy, um, because this would put them a little further ahead than we thought they were. Um, I really don't have any reason to doubt it at this point in time, but I have, I have no basis to confirm it either. Yeah. Uh, so you haven't received a, a briefing on this at, at all that you can share? I, I, uh, we're scheduling that as I speak. And I uh, it's something that um, I understand has been leaked up one of the intelligence uh, agencies and not interagency, which raises some questions about the validity. But you know, the fact is we all knew we were going to get to this point where they could miniaturize the nuclear warhead. And then you're right, the heat shield to reenter into the atmosphere is the final piece to this. So, you know, their clock is just ticking on this. And it's a, frankly, as we talked earlier, a failure, you know, of Obama being able to, uh, you know, he pulled the sanctions that we put on North Korea. Now we put them back on uh, and he uh, unilaterally takes them off and then fails to get anything for that. And now this is what we get after eight years of failed leadership. No, and, and that's, a, that's a fantastic point. Look, I, I know that we, we pulled you off of your, your schedule today, and I, I'm not sure how much more time that you have with us here, but uh, if, if after you get your briefing, uh, you just tell, by the way, Lizzie, she, she worked her tail off today to get you on. <laughs> so uh, uh, you yes. tell her, we, we, we roll the, we'll roll the welcome mat out for you. We'll clear the way for you. And if you think it's something that uh, your constituents uh, need to know and the Salcedo Show audience needs to know, we'll, make, we'll, get, we'll get you back on right away, Congressman. Well, I, I always appreciate it. And yeah, Lizzie does a good job. Yeah. All right. Uh, Congressman <laughs> Michael McCall, everybody. That's how it went yesterday, folks. We, we finally we got him on, but it was just after this show aired. So I wanted you guys to hear his evaluation, chairman of the Homeland Security Committee. And uh, very, 
uh, very, uh, uh, he was getting his, I wish I had gotten him afterward, after he got his briefing to see. And I'm glad to know that our skepticism about what is coming out now uh, was well-founded because, again, I, it, 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 we have to stress this, what was, what was out in the Washington Post was leaks. Or was it? CIA analyst Fred Flight reminding us that uh, we are here because of the inaction of, of Democrats. Well, let me tell you something else you may not know. This actually isn't news. DIA has believed this since 2013. 2013, who was, who was occupying the Oval Office in 2013? Oh, that would have been resident Obama. And we know this because Congressman Doug Lamborn said during an April 2013 House hearing that this was the case. Sure. But the Obama administration tried to hide this information because it did not want to take action. It didn't want anything on the table that would prevent it from kicking this to the next president. And that's precisely what happened. Remember, resident Obama, when confronted with unpleasant facts, just lied to us. Uh, ISIS is a threat. We need, to, we need to do something about it, Mr. President. Well, remember, clear, ISIS is a JV team. That way, he wouldn't have to do anything. Uh, Mr. President, uh, the, the North Koreans have the ability to miniaturize a nuclear weapon and put it on top of an ICBM threatening America. Well, remember, clear, uh, no, no problems here, nothing to see here. He just ignored it. Barack Obama's chief mission was to lie to us so he, so he wouldn't be forced to work. So he wouldn't be forced to make the tough decisions. That's his lazy legacy. Uh, Donald Trump, however, was, it turns out, ahead of the curb on this. Back in 1999, the president, not president then, but Trump was talking with Tim Russert from NBC and said the following. You say that you, as president, would be willing to launch a preemptive strike against North Korea's nuclear capability. First, I'd negotiate. I would negotiate like crazy. These people, in three or four years, are going to be having nuclear weapons. They're going to have those weapons pointed all over the world and specifically at the United States. He was right. They had nuclear weapons within, well, it was 2006, 2005, 2006. So he is off by a couple of years, uh, by a couple of years. Wouldn't it be good to sit down and really negotiate something and ideally negotiate? Now, if that negotiation doesn't work, you better solve the problem now than solve it later, Tim. And you know it and every politician knows it and nobody wants to talk about it. We virtually tried to bribe them into stopping and they're continuing to do what they're doing and they're laughing at us. They think we're a bunch of dummies. You want to do it in five years when they have warheads all over the place, every one of them pointing to New York City, to Washington and every one of our. Is that when you want to do it or do you want to do something now? You better do it now you better do it now he was talking to the incoming bush administration better do it now he was talking to the outgoing clinton administration better take care of it now turns out the president was right uh sebastian gorka on the north lawn today commenting to fox we are not just a superpower we were a superpower we are now a hyper-powered. Nobody in the world, especially not North Korea, comes close to challenging our military capabilities, whether they're conventional, whether they're nuclear, or whether they're special forces. So the message is very clear. Don't test this White House, Pyongyang. Don't test this White House. Uh, posturing, yes. Productive, I think so. I think our enemies need to hear this because... <laughs> Obama would have been out there uh, in front of the cameras asking to buy Kim Jong-un dinner. I'll be back in a minute, folks. Stay with me. It's the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze.
Telling the truth. It's one of those jobs American liberals won't do. That's why we need the liberty-loving Latino Chris Salcedo. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo. You know, I think Tillerson's doing a a decent job. But you guys know who I really wanted. I wanted Ambassador John Bolton to be our Secretary of State. I think that uh, he was, we, we needed a, a massive culture change in the State Department. One that's pro-American rather than pro-every other nation on the planet. But Ambassador Bolton did jump onto Fox last night. And laid out what we face with North Korea and, oh yes, in case anybody forgot, Iran. This is a grim day in American history. Uh, As you said, uh, we've watched three administrations, Clinton, Bush and Obama, with variations to be sure, pursue the same basic policy of trying to negotiate or pressure. A failed strategy, not same policy, but also let's, let's recognize that because North Korea has nukes, William Jefferson Clinton failed. George Bush failed. And Barack Obama failed. They are failed policies. ...pressure North Korea, but we failed. And I think we're now down to a period of decision uh, that can be measured in months at best. Uh, This capability, if it's accurate, that North Korea can now miniaturize these weapons means we're at risk very soon. And given we know our intelligence is far from perfect, I don't want to guess wrong when that capability will actually uh, be in the North Koreans' hands. So uh, we've got very limited options here, and uh, the military option is, uh, I'm afraid, got to be at the center of it, because the American people have to ask themselves this question. Are you willing to live with a regime like North Korea holding American civilians at risk of a nuclear attack? And by the way, the same question applies to the Ayatollahs in Tehran. The capabilities North Korea has today, Iran can have tomorrow by sending a wire transfer. Yeah, and Obama gave Iran the same deal that Clinton gave to North Korea. Same deal, in essence. Get to keep all your stuff, and America gives you a whole bunch of money. So you can finance your militaries and finance your research into nukes. Same template. It will be the same result unless we get serious. Ambassador Bolton went on to say, anybody who thinks, and this is a direct, this is a direct response, I think, to the likes of Rick Wilson, so-called Republican strategist. Uh, directly to John McCain. Directly to Diane Feinstein and Andrea Mitchell of MSNBS. This speaks directly to you. Any of you folks who are sanctioning this more of the same? You're you you're nuts. Well, in terms of ballistic missile defense for the country as a whole, we can blame Barack Obama for the fix we're in today. He gutted the Bush administration plan uh, very much at risk because of Obama's policies. In terms of the offensive side, I don't think we have the time. I, I as I say, I think we've got months to decide. And what he's talking about the offensive side, he was asked about missiles, about missile deterrence and building up a defensive shield. Uh, And he's right. We don't have the time. The time was 10, 15 years ago to either deter North Korea or come up with a full uh, a full blown, foolproof missile defense shield. And we don't have it.
And if we had had a, one could rationalize if we'd had a responsible occupier of the Oval Office these last eight years, an actual president, then maybe we would have. Whether we will allow North Korea to have that capability to put nuclear warheads essentially anywhere they want inside the United States. Uh, They're not going to be as sophisticated as ours. Their guidance systems may not be as good. So what? So they aim for Los Angeles and hit San Francisco. That doesn't make us feel any better. Because once they really do get that capability, it's much harder. And the risk of one of those uh, missiles actually being fired at the United States is greater. We're, we're at the point that we never should have come to by all of this, uh, these decades of negotiation and the notion that today anybody, any responsible person could say we still want to negotiate with North Korea just defies all logic. We're in a very dangerous point. Yes, defies all logic, which explains Diane Feinstein's support of doing just that and John McCain's support of doing just that. Just saying uh there are some other stories out there that i want to get to very quickly before we get to dana lash at the bottom of the hour um mitch mcconnell was out there in kentucky blaming president trump for his failure to get uh to get obamacare repealed now look you all know when mitch mcconnell is revealed to be the loser that he is. The He's supposed to be some sort of brilliant tactician. This is the same brilliant tactician, he and Boehner, who said it would be a great idea to put up no Republican alternative to Obamacare back in 2009, 2010. He was the, he was the architect of that idiocy. And then... He is also the architect of the of the idiocy that that said we don't come up with a consensus plan for the last seven years that we have been opposing Obamacare. Here's Mitch McConnell. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I know everybody's saying we've been there, haven't done anything, which uh, I find extremely irritating. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, Congress goes on for two years. And part of the reason I think that the storyline is that we haven't done much is because, in part, the president and others have set these early timelines about things need to be done by a certain point. You mean seven years wasn't enough time for you, Mitch? That really, he he tried. He folks, he he's trying to to say to to everybody who would listen. That, hey, it's only been seven months since the new Congress. You've had seven years, Mitch McConnell, to get your act together. And you sat on your butt and did nothing. No consensus bill ready to go. You didn't do your job. Plain and simple. Now, our new president had, of course, not been in this line of work before. And I think had excessive expectations about how quickly things happen in the democratic process. And so part of the reason I think people feel like we're under underperforming is because too many kind of artificial deadlines un, unrelated to the reality of the complexity of legislating. Oh, it's so complex to say to do what you say you were going to do. I'll be right back. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.
Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Have you guys heard these uh, NRA ads? These boatloads of truth. Listen to this. We the people have had it. We've had it with your narratives, your propaganda, your fake news. We've had it with your constant protection of your Democrat overlords, your refusal to acknowledge any truth that upsets the fragile construct that you believe is real life. And we've had it with your pretentious tone deaf assertion that you are in any way truth or fact-based journalism. Consider this the shot across your proverbial bow. We're going to fisk the New York Times and find out just what deep rich means to this old gray hag, this untrustworthy, dishonest rag that has subsisted on the welfare of mediocrity for one, two, three more decades. We're going to laser focus on your so-called honest pursuit of truth. In short, we're coming for you. And. She she's talking to the New York Times, ladies and gentlemen, and this has a lot of people butthurt over the over this. Let's talk to uh, the great Dana Lash. She's a nationally syndicated radio and TV talk show host, two time bestselling author. She's one of our go to people, not only for the Second Amendment, but all kinds of American issues. Her latest book, Fly Over Nation. You can't run a country you've never been to. Dana, welcome to the Chris Salcedo show. Chris, it's so good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure's all mine. I, I assure you. So because of that ad. This CNN contributor, a, a, a general, is my understanding, uh, Mr. Hurtling, uh, yeah. reported, reported you to the appropriate authorities for what he called threatening, even though in that ad you say the word proverbial, proverbial shot across the bow. What's your comment right. on that? Oh, it's so silly. I find it fascinating that a promise to fact check the media will get a free people reported to the government. And that's exactly what this was. That's why I said the word Fisk, the New York Times editorial staff is apparently unfamiliar with because they haven't done it in the past eight years to the previous president. So that's why they don't know what it means or know what it means anymore. Um, And you have to ask yourself the question, are you really free if you are not free to hold your press accountable? Are you really free? If you are not free to fact check your own media, because with all of the discussion about the free press, of which I and you are members and we support even more so than the fascistic left and book burners like Alan Tipper Gore, we act. We believe in the First Amendment. But at the same time, we also believe in the people's free right, because it's our right too to check, fact check the media and hold them accountable. And that's what this was. It's why I used the words that I did. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I said, we're going to use a laser focus on your reporting. Where I mean, I'm, I talked about their bias for crying out loud. Only the left that has a preoccupation with violence, Chris, only the left could project their desires onto me or onto anyone on the right who said that they want to hold the press accountable. There's a you reason know, why James Hodkinson was on the left. Yeah, you know what? I've, I've observed that, that typically those on the extremist left, they uh, project onto others qualities they have in abundance themselves. And I think, you know, I, I got to say that, a, that a, an alleged big bad general was intimidated by you talking about fact-checking the New York Times and called it hateful. When do you think the progressive left will dissuade themselves, I don't even think they believe it, but they're trying to convince everybody else, that disagreeing with them is somehow hate speech. Yeah, dis- disagreeing with them is hate speech because we're it's cultural fascism and we're right in the middle yeah. of it. Just yesterday we got the news about the, the Google firing one of their employees simply because he wrote a completely innocuous memo. 
We are, I mean, that's exactly what it is. It, it's, it's cultural fascism. Lena Dunham will make up a lie about something that she heard at the airport. People tell on people if they don't agree with them 100%. It's hive mind. That's exactly what it is. And it's scary. I am always about more voices, not fewer voices. But the left doesn't feel that way. That's why they try to get conservatives kicked off of television. That's why they try to get their advertisers fired. If anyone on the right says anything that anybody on the left disagrees with. And the fact that you would report someone to the, the feds or wherever he's reporting me to, um, he wasn't quite clear when he, when he made his, his threat to report me, simply yeah. because I said something he didn't like. And that's, you know, that's a shame. I respect his service, but I really hate the fact that he's denigrating our rights. Yeah, and maybe maybe he called his mommy for all we know. Dana Lash is our guest right now, folks. Flyover Nation, you can't run a country you've never been to. That's her latest book. Uh, there's also a lot of caterwauling from uh, typically the left side of, of our society that the NRA has no business talking on anything else except for Second Amendment issues. And uh, it's absurd on, on its face that people that are, are gun advocates and pro-Second Amendment right of self-defense advocates can't talk about other issues. So let me ask you about your impression about what's going on with North Korea. Um, I think that they're they're getting themselves into a position that they're not going to be able to back away from the idea that they're even contemplating doing anything to a U.S. territory where we have three different bases is pretty asinine. Um, of course, it could be all talk, but this is the legacy of the failed failed eight years of the Obama administration, who didn't do anything about any of the threats anywhere anywhere around the world. Uh, with the vacuum of leadership, now we have this mess that has been dumped into the current president's lap, and he has to deal with everything that Barack Obama wouldn't or couldn't deal with. And so now we are in the tough talking phase of what looks to be like not negotiations. Um, really, ultimately, a lot of this is going to depend on China's ability uh, to be able to uh, bring the hammer down, <laughs> no pun intended for their communism, mm. uh, to bring the hammer down on uh, North Korea. So we'll see how that goes. It's it's scary, though. And I mean, I, I feel because there are families on Guam. I mean, there's, you know, there, there are military bases. And then, of course, Guam itself and the, and the citizens, it's a terrifying thing. Absolutely. Dana Lash, everybody. The name of the book is Flyover Nation. You can't run a country you've never been to. You can catch her on The Blaze or nationally syndicated radio show. We'll get you back on as soon as possible. Yes, we'll have to spend more time together. And I can't wait to see you back in, uh, at the studio in Dallas. All right. Uh, telephone number you folks want to weigh in. Uh, 888-933-93-888-900-3393. Some other issues I didn't want the entire program to be dedicated to North Korea, as important as it is. Uh, there is a posting on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page that many of you have already found. And it has to do this re report about Loretta Lynch. Now, for those of you who don't know, Loretta Lynch was the, uh, of course, the former attorney general. But she is turning out to be in heat big doo-doo because of what she pulled in that secret tarmac meeting with the husband of Hillary Clinton, who was under criminal investigation in her Justice Department. And the good folks over at Judicial Watch, by subpoenaing documents, these documents show the DOJ, the Department of Justice under Loretta Lynch, was in full panic mode after her secret meeting with Bill Clinton was exposed. The uh, folks over at Town Hall, our buddy Katie Pavlich writing, uh, when former Attorney General Loretta Lynch 
and President Bill Clinton were busted secretly meeting aboard Lynch's private plane last summer by a local television reporter. A number of government watchdog groups filed lawsuits for documents surrounding the meeting. After all, the FBI, under the jurisdiction of the Department of Justice, was actively investigating Democrat presidential candidate Hillary Clinton for mishandling classified information at the time. Criminal investigation. Although we do know that uh, Loretta Lynch wanted it called a matter and commanded James Comey to call it a matter, not a criminal investigation. Anyway, uh, by the way, they don't they don't investigate matters at the FBI. And I think Loretta Lynch knew that. Typical lying Obamaite Loretta Lynch. Anyway. Uh, after the FBI, after all, the FBI uh, under the jurisdiction of the Department of Justice was actively investigating Democrat presidential candidate Hillary Clinton for mishandling classified info. In response to information requests, the FBI and DOJ said documents did not exist. That is key. James Comey's FBI and Loretta Lynch's crooked Department of Justice said the documents didn't exist. Fast forward more than a year, and it turns out hundreds of documents related to the meeting do exist and show the department was in panic over how to respond to inquiries about why the meeting took place. By the way, are you hearing anything about this in the biased press, in the basket of biased press? Public affairs was bombarded with questions about the meeting and repeatedly referred to Lynch's comments on the matter without ref- without offering further explanation. At least one reporter from the Washington Post expressed interest in putting the story to, quote, rest. Let's put it to rest, shall we? Because we at the Washington Post are always willing to let you Democrats get out from under a scandal that you've created. We don't want to do too much reporting. Let's just get this to bed. But we'll, we'll carry accusations of Russia collusion with no evidence for over a year. (laughs) Unfortunately, the talking points used to defend the meeting have been fully redacted. Even the attorney general, Jeff Sessions in charge redacted those. That has me asking some questions. Lynch maintains she only discussed grandchildren and golf with the former president during their 30 minute meeting. As a reminder, just days after the meeting took place, former FBI Director James Comey announced Hillary Clinton would not be referred for charges. Nothing going on here. On the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, you will see a graphic with President Obama, the reprobate Lynch, former President Clinton, and Hillary. Prominently featured. The graphic reads, let me see if I got this straight. Obama's Attorney General Loretta Lynch met with former President Bill Clinton for a 30-minute private meeting on her plane days before Hillary Clinton was questioned by the FBI about her email server scandal. And I'm supposed to believe there was no corruption going on here? As it turns out, these emails, folks, that James Comey's FBI said didn't exist, that Loretta Lynch's Department of Justice, Obama's Department of Justice said didn't exist, they also implicate the White House that it was indeed resident Obama's White House, along with Loretta Lynch, along with James Comey's FBI, who all colluded to hide the details of the secret meeting with Hillary's husband on the tarmac 
as she was under criminal investigation. That graphic getting your attention, it's available for you, as is the story. On the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, just type in The Chris Salcedo Show. You'll find us on Facebook. i got to get to a break. Be right back, folks, on The Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, illegal immigration is uh, also on our radar screen here on the Chris Salcedo Show, folks, and stopping it. And uh, dissuading anybody from the notion that illegal immigration is somehow meritorious or it's wonderful, it's uh, unicorn, sunshine, and lollipops. Uh, Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, The Attorney General of the state of Texas was on Fox Business yesterday, and he was being asked to comment on Oregon, uh, the state of Oregon, rolling out the welcome mat for illegal alien felons. Uh, Here's what Ken Paxton, the attorney general of the state of Texas, had to say about that. How does Oregon's sanctuary status hurt the state and its taxpayers? You know, they're making a choice to give up federal funding because they won't cooperate with the federal government, which is what Congress requires in these certain statutes where they're giving out grant money. They're certainly putting their citizens at risk. And, you know, I don't know what the upside is, given that what they're doing here is protecting criminals, people who have been committed, committing crimes and people who are suspected of committing crimes. The upside to the citizens, I don't see one. Well, there is none. Uh, pr- having sanctuary cities protect illegal alien felons is patently absurd, but it's going on, folks. It's happening all over this country because they're deathly afraid that if a system gets set up, they're going to go after regular old illegal aliens Next, and they can't allow that. So uh, the American people will be made to suffer for Democrats' political ambitions because ultimately they want to give them the vote. Felons and illegal aliens and illegal alien felons. Democrats want to give them the vote. So uh, that's one aspect uh, that I I think that's a, a good way to put it. What's the upside for American citizens? If you're looking for a a political party to look out for you. The Democrat Party's the wrong one because they have illegal aliens, illegal alien felons, first and foremost in their mind. That's who they stand up for. Remember, we told you. They're the foreigner's first party. They're the anti-white, anti-Christian, anti-cop, anti-prosperity party. That's why so many people are leaving the Democrat Party in droves. Well, uh, here's another thing. More than 1.1 million uh, fewer Americans are on food stamps. Did you guys hear this? Courtesy of uh, the first seven months of Donald Trump's administration, 1.1 million Americans have dropped off the food stamp rolls. 1.1 million. Now, this is a good thing. And this is something that all of you have to remember. The next time you start getting into a liberal or progressive discussion, somebody of that ilk, and they talk about how, you know, Trump's cutting this and cutting that, or the Republicans are cutting this, cutting that. Say, you know, we conservatives, we mark success by how many people are not reliant upon government to to survive and sustain themselves. We recognize that you liberal extremists, that you look at success as to how many people are 
on the government dole, your political success. But we look at it success for the American people as how many people are not reliant upon government. We, and don't be shy about it. For crying out loud, don't be shy about it. You know, I was going to get into this climate change stuff, and I, I didn't get a chance to because of all the North Korea stuff. Maybe we'll get into it tomorrow here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Till then, folks, remember, society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by government, but rather how much power is reserved for we, the people. Don't listen to the naysayers, folks. A time like this, we should rally around our president. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.